the moon thing, right? Oh, Jesus. It just happened. I just whacked my elbow on the table. <laughs> well, this is the start to the podcast, I think. Is oh we're just going to start with you smacking your elbow on the... <laughs> Are you okay? Are you going to be my able... My life, guys. Welcome to my life. Are you going to be able to continue? I can make it. I'm going to make it. Okay. I'm going to power through. Persevere. Awesome. Oh well, welcome, gosh. guys. This is Vinny speaking. Welcome to the Naeem Fazel podcast. I have Kristen here. We have the Kristen Mockler Young Takeover Part Two. That's right. That's right. Part Two. I'm so excited. <laughs> this season of Turning the Gem Sessions. Oh, my gosh. Wait until you hear the conversation that I had today. This is someone who um, I found on the internet. Guys, if you use the internet right, it really is a <laughs> magical place. Like it really is the best thing. Um, but very much like, you know, turning the gem, I kind of like to look at God and things from a different perspective. Erin Moon, Erin H. Moon is my guest today. And she says that she likes to find God in weird places. So we had <laughs> the best time. You guys are going to laugh. Hopefully we'll make you think. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an awesome, awesome conversation with her. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited and I, I'm excited to find God in some weird places and, and turn the gem with you. <laughs> That's right. So without further ado, I think, are you ready to just jump into this? Let's do it. All right. Hey guys, I am back for turning the gem sessions and you will not believe who my guest is today. I actually have a confession that this is the only interview so far that I've got like the nervous, excited piece for, but <laughs> so here she is. It is Erin Moon. Erin Moon. Hello. I'm so excited. So excited to be here. So I was telling Erin, we were chatting for a second. And it's so funny because I'm like, half of me is super fangirling to talk to you. And then half of me feels like we're already like best friends where I'm yes. like, we're, I feel like there's, we're so similar and we chat on Instagram and DMs and all of that. And I so like we have a kindred spirit ship here right we totally do and now I can end this episode and I'm like and I'm happy thank you very much for coming (laughs) and it's good guys things are coming thanks so much for joining us today oh so I did find you on on Instagram the reason that I felt like you know I could uh invite you to the podcast is because I sent you a dm on Instagram and you actually responded and so we have dialogued back and forth but where I really first found you was on um, the pot in the podcast world, because I love the podcast. I'm a BFOTS. Oh, yes. uh, I love the Bible binge. I'm a BFOTS there as well. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad. And so it's so funny. Cause I think when I started listening, it was mostly Knox and Jamie and like you would pop up in the background and I'm like, mm-hmm. who is this? Who is this Aaron H. Moon? This troll in the background. What? <laughs> what is, who is the lady either like Googling or, or laughing or coughing. Yes, yeah. I'm a phlegmy person. It's true. It's all good. But tell us about, tell us about you. Tell us about Erin. Yeah. So, um, I right now am the senior creative at the PMG podcast media group. And basically that just means that I do a lot of, I, do, I really am mainly working in the Bible binge branch of that. I will pop up in the podcast, but truly that is Knox and Jamie's realm. They are the experts there and I don't really watch movies. They bother me. So, um, and they don't love that. So, uh, but I, um, I started working for the Bible binge and the podcast. Like, I don't even really remember maybe, maybe like 
five years ago, like okay. in a, in like a contract kind of space. Yeah. And then because they wanted to start doing live shows and that is like my primordial goo. Yes. Uh, I worked in Christian youth live events for forever. Um, met my husband there. Um, one of my, like two of my children went to the nursery at the place where I worked. In okay. events. So like, that is just like a big part of our family origin story. And so, um, but anyway, I did that and they started uh, wanting, and Jamie and I were friends and Knox and I were friends. We wrote a screenplay together. Um, Jamie oh and gosh. I were just, we just got along. We actually had a podcast before the podcast started, which was called the golden moon. Buffet. Golden moon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, uh, I had, I need like, to find those. I need to find those. They do not exist on yeah, the internet anymore. Like we don't even, we don't even have them. They are lost to the ether. So, uh, which is probably for the best. So, uh, but anyway, we, just, um, and then they started doing the Bible binge and I came on, um, full-time to be the resident Bible scholar and to, um, start my own show called faith adjacent. And as the Bible binge sort of morphed, we were just doing those classic episodes where I would general rebuke the back, um, in the back. Now we are doing, um, shows like faith adjacent, which is my show. And then, mm -hmm. um, we're doing another show called favorite or forsaken, which, which is like people are very skeptical of because they're like, are you, are you forsaking Dave Ramsey's soul? And it's like, uh -huh. no, we are not. Like we acknowledge the power of Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus in his life, but maybe his public witness is not always like, maybe that's slightly forsaken sometimes. Yeah, maybe there's some things we can keep in mind. Just, right. you so know, let's so just bring it up. People get nervous about that, which is fine. But I think once you listen, you kind of get the idea. So, um, but anyway, so we're doing that. And then um, I am a mother. I am a wife. Um, we, we have no pets because my husband was, was like, if you never talk about getting a dog again, you can have two nice chairs. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. Like I'm yeah, down with it. that. I love being bribed. It's my favorite thing. So, um, but it, to the kids now, are you be like, guys go tell dad we need a dog <laughs> we need a dog well and and what's funny is that he has actually come around on the dog so we are about to move uh to a new house and so when uh okay. we move we are getting a dog because we have worn him down and i got my chairs so everybody awesome. wins except <laughs> for ben <laughs> poor ben moon poor ben. do you guys already know like what kind of dog you're going to get the whole like um, it's already planned out well we're going to get something from the humane society Fine. okay it, it's very, it's very specific criteria, like, mm -hmm. because the kids have opinions. Ben, Ben is like allergic in a way that he can use being allergic as like, I love that you like air quoted that to that I did that, but he is quote unquote allergic. So he's like, it has to stay outside. It has to do all these things. And we, I grew up with outside dogs, so that's fine with me, but I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dog's totally going to stay outside. Definitely. Definitely. Uh -huh, right. That. So yeah, we're, everyone is very excited, more excited about the dog than moving really. So yeah, probably. I mean, kids, you know, priorities. They, don't, they don't get it. They don't get it. No, they don't get it. Well, I'm so glad that you brought up both faith adjacent, um, and favorite or forsaken because as a thoughts, I get all the shows and <laughs> so much faith, content. oh my gosh, I listen to them all the time. Like Sunday morning, as I'm getting ready for church, I'm like, Oh, yep, here we go. That <laughs> is really kind. It. Thank I you. love it so much, Thank but you. faith adjacent truly is my I think my favorite one and one, I love that you host it. And I love your perspective on things, 
But also I just love, I think this is where we have maybe this like kindred spirit perspective because you say that you find God in weird places. And I think that I do too. And I just love that. Like, how do we not see God outside of this holy, reverent, you know, unapproachable thing? So have you always seen God in weird places? I guess is my first question. Well, you know, I was a theater major. I'm not really a Bible scholar. I just, I mean, I (laughs) am, but self-taught, like didn't actually go to seminary and, um, which I think is important because while, while I obviously think going to seminary is important for like people who need to go to seminary. Like Mm -hmm. I want people to understand, like, especially on the Bible binge, especially on Vay the Jason, like I want them to go to be like, Hey, this person doesn't have any formal training whatsoever. And she like, there's still a way for you to be engaged with scripture. There's still a way for you to think, think critically and thoughtfully about scripture. So that's really important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, which I like how I've spun my weakness as a strength. Did you like that? That was a very three thing to do. See, also an Enneagram three also didn't go to formal seminary. Okay. So I'm okay. Just going to so, adopt you know, that. Yeah, you. you're welcome. Um, it's just important that everyone understand that they have access. The Bible is for the people, right? So you shouldn't have to have like eight degrees in order to understand it. But, um, so that was really important to me. Um, and, but I'm a theater major. And one of the first things you get taught as a theater, as anyone who does theater is look for the subtext. What is this text saying or not saying, like, what is the truth of this text? Like there lots of people can say on stage, I love you, but what is underneath it? That's the truth of the statement. And so that was something that I really feel like I brought into scripture reading, which I did, I was not able to, I did not do that for a very long time. I was very literal with scripture and, um, not that I think that that's bad all the time, but, um, I always want to know what the subtext is. So I want to look at the historical context. I want to see like, why was, why did this person say this at this particular time? Like what was going on? What was the background? I think that's really important. And so in the same way, like, I think God is the subtext of everything, right? Mm -hmm. So he is, he, as the, as the creator and the builder and Holy spirit is alive and working. And I believe that I have a relationship with Jesus. Like those things are in the world. And my job is really to uncover those things, like in my own personal life too. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important so that I can see God moving and I can hear Holy Spirit speaking to me and moving me and getting my attention. Like, Hey, over here, there's something that you're ignoring, but I'd like for you to uncover the subtext of what I'm trying to say. So that's kind of, I think that's kind of how I started really thinking in that way was because I was a theater major. Look, mom and dad, it did bring me something. It paid off. It paid off. Well, it's so good. I think it's so, I feel like this is one of those things where people either really appreciate it or maybe it's a favorite or forsaken, or they come at it and they're like, yeah, no, because God is holy and God is precious and God is you know, there has to be reverence and all that. And I and do I think, think that, that it's hard for people to find both. Yeah. You know, I, it's I a think, both and situation. Yes, for sure. And I've, like, I mean, we have a long history of Yahweh being uh, put in places of holiness, like, right, like the Holy of Holies and the temple and all in the tabernacle and all of these places. Like, I think that is valuable. And, but I do not think that God is confined 
by places made by human hands. Like we, you know, Jesus says that like, you know, he, the Holy spirit lives in our hearts and like, we Mm -hmm. are the, we are the Royal priesthood now. And so wherever we are, I think God is. And so, um, I just, I think it's important to kind of, kind of tune your mind, almost be looking for those things and looking for ways that God is speaking to you. And that's nebulous and it can sound scary and it can sound like really like kind of woo and witchy or whatever, (laughs) but I don't think it is. I think, I think we have a whole, we have a whole book of, you know, of God moving in places where it's unexpected that he would move. So. Yeah. I think it's just a perspective shift of like, let's not keep God in a box of Sunday. Let's not keep him in a box of religion, but he's actually with us in our day-to-day lives. And if we can find God in chicken minis, then so be it. God is alive in chicken minis. That's just true. (laughs) He is. How would you recommend people start? Like if somebody's like, okay, I get it. Like, let's see God in weird places, but they've never done that before. How do you like, do you have any, like a, an easy way for them to start or an easy way for them to yeah, I think, jump in? I think it's really like centering yourself in prayer. I really do. Like mm-hmm. asking God, asking Holy spirit, just be like, listen, I desire to see you in places where other people do not see you. I desire to see where you're moving in the places where I'm not attuned to that. And I think it's just a, it's a, it's an issue of training your your eyes, your ears, your heart to that. Um, and I think if you just start, like, I mean, I got the best, the best way I can, the best way I can explain this is, uh, how much I love game of Thrones. Like that feels very like a dichotomy of, Hey, um, that is a lot of sex and that is a lot of (laughs) uh, blood and uh-huh. violence and uh not judeo-christian values not a lot of those in there but when i but like so one thing like I, i'm gonna go back to the subtext thing like yeah like you when you read plays when you do play analysis when you do script analysis like you're looking for what the what the writer what the playwright what the director is trying to do on like a sub level. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's all of this action, like, yeah, game of, and listen, I'm not saying like game of Thrones is for everyone. I don't right. think that's true. <laughs> um, but I know as someone who has read stories is a critical thinker of like this type of story, I know it has a lot to offer me and, yeah. and, and an encouragement and a, and like a way to see God in other places. And so I know that that is a good place for me. Now that's not a good place for other people. And mm-hmm. in the same way, I think stuff, something like a Hallmark movie can, can be sure. as equally damaging as right. Game of Thrones is for someone who like, it gives them unrealistic expectations about love and it makes them bitter that they haven't found, you know, whatever. And I right. think, I think you just, you have to know yourself. You have to know how, you know, and I think you have to, you have to pray. You have to be in a posture of prayer and a posture of curiosity about the world and about the ways that God is speaking to you. Yeah, that's good. I think prayer, obviously great. The curiosity piece too, is one of those, you have to be, you have to be ready for it. And you do have to be ready to see God. Like, I do think that he'll show himself to us absolutely, regardless, but we have to be looking for him. And I think it's so funny because to me, not that I want to go like deconstruction rabbit hole for like a long time, but to me, these feel kind of tied together 
I started a blog called Turning the Gem a couple of years ago, I guess. And that's where this whole season of the podcast are turning the gem sessions where like, let's just look at things from a different perspective and see it's not a, it's not a coin flip. It's not a like, instead of heads, now it's tails. Let's turn it a little bit and see what the new angle is, what new information, you know? I think that's actually like a rabbinical teaching method that you're talking about right now. Like, like the, like scripture, God is a jewel, right? And there are many facets to him. Right. And I, yeah. And so I love that. I think, I think when we, I think we have for so long, and this is really, I I'm having a moment about this because I'm reading, uh, the making of biblical womanhood and it is like, ruining my life in the same way. Oh, I have to get it. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. It's really incredible in the same way that like, I think it's fascinating that Jesus and John Wayne and the making of biblical womanhood came out so close together because it's okay. the perfect companion piece for Excellent. this, but you're just like, for so long I was taught and I, and I just, I didn't think to question it because I'm a ding dong, but, and, and, and this is in a way like that, that this is there's one interpretation and that's it. Like genuinely, that's it. When, when scripture for thousands of years has been debated and discussed and questioned and, uh, like just turned over like the gym, like you're talking Mm -hmm. about, I think, I think that is, I would love for us to get back to that posture as opposed to this is it. I know it is, this is right. This is the only way to interpret this scripture. I'll see you later. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why some of us like I found deconstruction after I'd started doing all of this and turning the gem and blah, blah. And I was like, is this what I'm doing? I guess this is what I'm doing, you know, trying to, because like you, I grew up in youth group and going to summer camp and all of the things and holy moly, I loved it. I'm like, hello, is church open today? Because I will be there. (laughs) I I will be be there. Thank you. My friends. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) I'm like, can we have a lock-in? Can we have a whatever? Like, I don't even care. I'm just going to come. And it was so great. And truly, truly my youth leaders and Sunday school teachers and all of those people, I would not be where I am right now without that foundation. But, and yes, also, you know, I just don't think it was taught to us that way growing up. It was very much like, if you don't believe in Jesus, you should. And it was like, here's the end goal, like come forward to the altar, pray the prayer, you know, and then, and then yay, like we've won. (laughs) And it's so much more beautiful than that. And that is like, I don't disparage my salvation quote unquote moment. Like when I came to accept, like when, when the mystical thing happened where I was like, yes, God. And he was like, yes, Aaron. And we did the thing. Like, I don't, I don't disparage that. I don't hate that. I love that. I treasure that. Right. I also treasure I I just, I didn't, and I think the internet has been so helpful in this to be like, there is a wide world out there of people who think so differently from you, but who love God and who are in this thing and they, they love Jesus and Jesus loves them. And like, but it is so vast and varied. And I think that's beautiful. I think it's, I love talking about that. I love saying like, well, okay, but scripture says this here, but it says this here. Like, what is like, let's talk about that. I want to work that out. And my, my friend, Annie Jones and I were talking and like, uh, early, I think last summer, and we both had the thought that like, we had both been describing what we were going through as the untangling of a necklace of this. Like, oh my gosh. That's so good. 
of this, like just sitting down at the table with your needle and you've, you've pulled a necklace out that you haven't worn in forever. And it's just like a quiet, you know, thoughtful work. You've got to think mm-hmm. about, okay, well, if the, you know, this piece is over, you know, all this stuff. So yeah. I, I think that, that to me, that to me is not a crisis of faith. That is, that's just part of what you're supposed to be doing. And, and yeah. I think we have this panic around it because we were taught one way and this is the only way, and there are no other interpretations of whatever scripture you want to take, but mm-hmm. this is the work, like it's a group project with you and the Trinity for the rest of your life. And so yeah. I, I find a lot of comfort in that, in like, this is never stagnant. It's you're always going to be asking these questions. You're always going to be untangling these things. Yeah. And I, I hope I always am. It's one yeah. of those now that I'm in it and in the process where it was a realization of like, yes, that moment at church camp at the cross overlooking the lake, beautiful. It was so good. And I think God, maybe let me just throw this out there. It might be a little sad if I like then never grew in my relationship with him from that point on. Right. It's not like, yay, I got you. And so now like onto the next, he's like, no, this is a relationship. And so let's keep talking. Let's keep growing. Let's keep getting to know each other. And exactly. It's not, it's not a flipping of a switch. It's like, let's, let's grow. Let's progress for my whole life, for our whole lives, you know, for sure. Well, I think it's really hard because you know, we only have the perspective of the time that we live in, but what studying church history has taught me is that like Phyllis Tickle talks about how every 500 years, like, uh, the church goes through a rummage sale and we're Uh in the middle of one of those right now. But like, I love that because like, you've got, you know, an example of deconstruction was the great schism in like the thousands, you know, uh-huh. the reformation, the, you know, all the councils, the council of Nicaea, the council of Rome, the council, you know, all of these things, like these are, these are reconstructions. Like technically Jesus is a reconstruction right. of Jewish faith. And so you just go like, this is okay. Like we, there are so many examples of this and like changing interpretations and theologies and um, thought processes that are, are not good or that need to be tweaked. Like that's okay. And I think it's hard to hear that because it takes you away from that very firm foundation of being right mm-hmm. and correct. But, um, but it's really, it's a lovely place. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things because we weren't there and we didn't experience <laughs> it. We overlook it and we forget. And all we know is what we've been in and what we've been handed. So no question, no question. All right. So you call yourself spiritual seven layer dip, which just makes me laugh. Somebody referred to me as that once. And I was like, I think that's what I'm going to be now from now on. I mean, it really is just perfect in all the ways and all the ways, but I also think it's such a great, like you really are layered and it still goes with the same conversation. Like, you know, 10 seconds ago, you were talking about Nicene's and things that I don't even know all of that church history. And right before that, you were talking about Game of Thrones. Right. Yeah. So you, you definitely are layered and you have, you know, different, um, facets, I guess you are, you're doing this ministry job outside of the box. So do you, do you find that hard? Do you find it hard to run in your own lane or talking about that a little bit? No, I get, I don't get, I think I find it, uh, difficult because I, no, I don't find it hard because I don't, I think when we show up as our full, um, selves that we encourage others to do the same. So it's, it's silly for me to pretend like 
I don't love John Mayer, but I also prayed for his salvation as a college student. Like I want to be both of those things. And so that has never bothered me. Um, or it's, it's not been difficult. I think where the difficulty comes in is that there is, uh, there's not the same level of accountability as someone who would be in a more traditional ministry setting, which Mm -hmm. is what I worked in for a really long time. And those are, there are good points to that and, and negative points to that. But, um, I just, I think it has really made me more, uh, prayerful about what I share in a spiritual realm. It's made me, um, like just make sure that, that I, I feel a confirmation from Holy spirit to talk about what I'm talking about, or especially in realms of faith yeah. um, and spirituality, because I, what I'd never want to do. And, and I know as a minister, you share this, but the, the idea that I would lead someone astray or that I would turn yes. someone away from the gospel or present a false gospel is yes. constantly on my mind. I never want to do that. Um, probably to my detriment at times, because I'm like, I, I feel like I want to post this, but I don't know if this is coming from a place of, or I want to share this, but I don't, I just don't know. And so yeah. um, that is, that's really important to me. So that's really the hard part about it is that there's not that kind of uh, internal oversight committee. It's just, just me and God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you oh my know, gosh. and that's, that's, that can be scary sometimes. Yeah. We Enneagram three so hard because that was the exact, I'm like, why are you telling people my like deepest, darkest fear? But that truly is it that I'm going to lead them in the wrong direction because I'm doing it kind of my way, as opposed to like, you know, the pretty little yeah. ministry box. Well, and I mean, um, I spend so much of my time, um, seeking forgiveness from people like truly, <laughs> I, like I joke that the second I, I had kids, like I just started calling my mom every day and was like, Hey, I'm sorry. I did this. Or I did this. I'm so sorry. I messed <laughs> now I get up. it. Now I know, you know, and it's just like, and I, I think, I think ministers do well, um, to, to sit in that posture of humility, because mm-hmm. I think if once we start to believe our own press or think that, you know, our ish doesn't stink when it does. Yeah. yeah. I think that's when we start to have, that's when you start to have like a power problem. That's when you start to have a pride problem. And those, those are a cancer. And what, so I always want to, I always want to maintain that kind of thought process around, you know, sharing, knowing that, you know, if, if I am considered a teacher, then I am held to a higher standard and I want to honor that. Yeah. So I love that you just brought up you know, the idea of like pride, because I've always thought, okay, well, God has made me like this and I need to live into just who I am, that I love Zac Efron and I love Jesus and it's okay. Like it just is, you know, God Um, made Zac Efron. He is. Oh, and his creation. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Thank you. You really outdid yourself on that one. Oh, you're really, you're really, that was a good day. (laughs) That was a good day in heaven. (laughs) But I have kind of lived into this idea of God made me like this for other people as in there are people out there who need my perspective, who need my sarcasm, who need my, like not taking it all too seriously, mm-hmm. which is true. But you just made me think also, maybe God also did this for me mm-hmm. knowing I would be in this role because, yeah. and even with like Instagram, if I was doing this in a different time of life, oh yeah, I think maybe I 
it's so funny because I was telling people, I'm like, Hey, if you want to know my like serious thoughts and thoughts on Jesus and blah, 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 go to my blog. And if you want to see me like totally not take anything seriously at all, like follow me on Instagram because <laughs> I laugh at myself and I use stupid filters and I just like make jokes. But I think that is a way that God keeps me humble of not getting to that place of I'm a pastor guys, I'm a teacher, I'm doing all the things and God's showing me stuff. Like I need that. Other people need that voice. But yeah, I think I also need that for myself. Oh like, yeah. An accountability. Like- because it takes all kinds, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, there are a lot of teachers that I follow that I have so much respect for, but they were never going to engage my heart, uh, maybe my mind, but not my heart, you know, they, yeah. but when I, you know, and I think there, that is different for everyone. And I think that's why we are a body because some of us listen, I'm, I'm out here. I'm the pinky nail. Like you don't really need me, but I'm (laughs) and a lot of fun. Like there are other people who are like the femur and we got to have the femur, but maybe it's not as sexy as the pinky nail. Cause maybe I'm doing nail art, you know, that'd be fun, whatever. But I think that it's, it's, I think in especially American Christianity right now, we are in a massive uh, we have a massive pride problem and, mm-hmm. uh, we have a massive happiness problem in that we, we believe that our happiness should overwhelm and thwart almost any other, like almost any other emotion or almost any other feeling. And so I think that those things put together, we have created like a power back, a power, like not a vacuum. What's the opposite of a vacuum, an anti-vacuum of we have just- What doesn't suck, but blows it all out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A big wind fan. (laughs) Yes. And I am as like a, a, like a casual historian of church and evangelical culture, I'm fascinated to know how this time in our history will be written about, because I think we have, there are so many people who I think are missing the boat and those people think I'm missing the boat. And funny. How, how do we, how do we, where is our common denominator? Like, where mm-hmm. is our, where's the, where's the place where we come together? I don't know. And so I think that is, that's a really, that's a really interesting time historically, not a great time to live through. I'll be honest, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think we have a huge, a huge pride problem. And I always want to be attentive to that. Is that me? Is that my problem? I need like, that's work I need to do to make yeah. sure I'm good with God and that we are not having that problem in my own personal life before I start getting mad at everyone who Right. Well, and it is so tricky because there are people who I think, I don't know where we're all going to come together, but where it seems like some of us are coming together is centering on Jesus mm-hmm. and is centering on love. And those of us that are able to center on Jesus and center on love and come to this like common denominator, we're, we're able to disagree and we're able to have discussion on, okay, well, maybe this actually means this, or maybe it means this and have legit dialogue. Yeah. And it seems to me the people on both sides, um, are the ones that are not the ones that are super religious. And then the ones that have left church completely, you know, the antis or the nuns or whatever, it seems like it's where they can't come together. It's finding the humility to say, Hey, I don't know everything. And there is more for me to learn and to see like each other as people. 
in well, love. And I, I think you're so right. And I think that's why, uh, I find it to be such a valuable spiritual practice to listen to pantsy politics because yes. they yeah. are constantly, they're constantly in that posture, you know, Hey, I disagree with what you're saying and here's why, but I still love you and mm -hmm. I still value your opinion. And I understand that how you're seeing this is just as important to you as the way I see it is important right. to me. And so I think that has been such a helpful practice to hear people doing that often mm -hmm. that, um, I, I think we could all benefit from that. It's really hard though, when it's like things of eternal importance, you know, or we yeah. think that they're eternal importance. So I recognize that it's difficult, but that has been a really helpful practice practice for me. Yeah. That's one of my hardest things too, is when I get really passionate about something going like, okay, God, is this you or is this me? Am I yeah. like super excited, like passionate about this, or is this a message that you're actually giving me to like say to the people, you know? And so it's yeah. sometimes it's even just pausing. Oh yeah. Which I don't like to do. No, we're threes. We got I want to just do it. Yeah, Get it do. done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For sure. For sure. Okay. So you did bring up the idea of, you know, having a fear of doing it wrong, which I constantly have the fear that I'm doing it wrong, that I'm going to mislead people, that I'm like taking this thing that really is simple and foundational and concrete. And so every now and then I just want to quit. Um I know that you've had this too. You you're very real on your Instagram. And so I know that you've had these times where you're like, I'm done. I'm in a dark space. Like let's, let's deuce out here. So how do you keep going on those days or in those seasons? I think what is important? Well, lots of Lexapro. Let's get that okay. out of the way. Love Lexapro it. is important to me. It's <laughs> my best friend. Um, but I think that I think in those moments, you have to define what it is that is putting you in the dark place. And my theory around that is that so often it's just things we are fearful of looking in the eyes. And okay. I think when the pandemic happened, I spent like the first six weeks, just like slack jawed. I was like, don't look at this. This is very bad. This feels very bad. I don't uh -huh. like it one bit. I'm going to pretend it's not there. It's not there. And it, yeah. and I had just recently broken my ankle. And so I was just like, I was miserable. And I, but when I take the time to sit down and work through these things, like when I stop, like when I stop doing the behaviors that I know for me, are like soothing behaviors. <laughs> so going to bed at nine o'clock every night, yes. <laughs> uh, like with a way that I can't help it. Okay. No, no. I and listen, at nine and there's that's okay. That. <laughs> listen, it's like a combination and it's different for everyone. Like I love a good night's sleep and it's not like when I'm in a good place, I'm going to sleep much later than that. But like, I can just tell, like when I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to put these kids to bed. Uh, like make this as, as less stress as possible, get in the yeah. bed, get your comp, like take your CBD gummy, whatever. And like, yeah. just do whatever tune you out. can to tune out. And yeah. I, I know when I start doing those things, um, and I know that that means I need to book an appointment with my therapist. Yeah. I know that means I need to book an appointment with my spiritual director. And I know that that means I need to, I need to carve out time to work through this because what I will do, and I, you may have experience as a three also, 
but I will literally just book myself into oblivion. And so I don't have to, I can ignore it. And I will just put my head down and keep working and literally never look up because Mm -hmm. looking up requires, requires seeing what's going on around me. And I don't want to do that. So, yeah. And, and it's helpful, I think, to have people like your partner or your best friend or whoever, who can be like, Hey, it seems like you've got something going on. Would you like to unpack that? Or would you like to continue to ignore it? And the, the last option is not an option. So it's really helpful. I think to have those people in your life, even if they are a therapist, even if it is, you know, someone that you pay to listen to you, I, I'm fully, fully. Those are the greatest people because they have to sit there and listen and take notes. And they don't (laughs) have like, they don't, they don't have like a, they're not emotionally, inv- I mean, they're emotionally invested in you, but not personally invested in you. Hurting their feelings. Right. I can say yeah. like wild things that if I actually said that to someone that I love, they'd be like, huh, okay, well, all right, we're done. Yep. Thanks. So and much. Much. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I think, I think those things are important. And I think, especially, you know, you grew up similar to me where go away for a week during the summer. Um, and, and, <clears throat> you know, do a weekend of disciple now here. And these, like, I, I lost all of that when I became an adult, like there was never time to, you know, maybe like a weekend conference here or there, but it just never, like, that was all about the experience of the conference. There was never this like way to sit down and really think about my faith and what I think about this. And I got to read all, I got to figure out what I think about this. So I got to read all these books and I got to study all these commentaries. Like I want to figure it out. And so if I can carve that time out for myself to really think about what it is that's going on, I think that's really helpful. And I, and I like, you just, I have to take breaks. Like I have to, and I, I have to know, I have to know why I'm doing the thing I'm doing. If there's a purpose behind it or if it's just me hiding. Yeah. In, in the busy, that was the hardest part of, of quarantine for me was not seeing people, but then I did have Marco Polo and Boxer and FaceTime and Zoom and like all the ways. But I remember I just started doing random things because I, I was so afraid to just stop and sit yeah. with my feelings and my emotions. I mean, I, I think I ordered dry erase paint on Amazon and all of a sudden one day I'm like in my office, like painting walls so that I now have massive dry erase boards that I can just like start writing stuff on and new projects and new ideas. And yeah, it was very, very hard for me to stop and be still and think about the emotions that were actually there, which truly were not the ones that I thought they were at all. No, you know, yeah, hardly ever. Because as a three, not to keep talking about the Enneagram, but as a three, and this is something that like, when I heard someone say this about threes. I was like, Oh, that is the thing I have felt my entire <laughs> life. Wow. And it was that you have feelings, but you don't know what they are. Mm. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I, that is always like, my husband is always like, what's wrong. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, but I, I feel it big, but I, but I want to, I want to rip someone's face in half. And I want to, uh, also weep. And uh-huh. then I want to eat an entire box of pizza rolls yes! and yeah, like, and, and then I want to like go on a walk and I don't want anyone to talk to me. And then I want you to tell me I'm pretty and pat my hair while I fall asleep. Like, I don't know. I don't like know. The, how yes. All the things. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's so crazy. The Enneagram, it's so funny. I know people that are like, stop talking about the Enneagram, but it is so helpful. Even like we were talking about, you know, being layered and living into who you are. I was one of the people that, um, and this is not uncommon, but always felt like I had to tamper down and be less. And I was too much and I was too loud and I was just so extra. And I mean, granted, as you grow and become self-aware, there is a little bit of like dialing down the volume. That can and you can also be like, you know what? I am extra and that's not a bad thing. Uh, right. But that was the balance. And once I realized that I was a three, I was like, oh, that made me extra. Like I am like glitter maybe in real life, but like, that's, that's how he made me. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just helped me live into that. Oh yeah, for sure. So, so on those days, that you do all the things. Is there anybody specific? I know you mentioned like, I know you have your husband and your friends and what did you call it? Your spiritual director? Oh, my spiritual director. Yeah. Fran. I love that. Fran. Fran is the best. How do I find a Fran? Well, I have a Fran. I'm you might, you might already. Um, but I found Fran on like a directory of spiritual directors. And I was like, I like, Oh, it's actually a thing. Oh yeah. Oh, it's a huge thing. Yeah. You made it up. Oh, no, 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 no. It is a long storied history of spiritual directors. And I have like a whole, I can send it to you, but I have a whole post that I did on it because I got so many questions about like, how do you find this person? How do you know you're a good fit? And I just like, I really just researched for a month and then found someone that I was like, I like your face and you look like you are a person who can pick up the phone and Holy Spirit answers. And that is oh what I so, amazing. I yeah. am doing the Google on that today. Yeah. It's, it's, it has been revolutionary for me because it's so again, like it's, it's these, these disentangling conversations, these necklace conversations, right? Like it's just, I can sit in the target parking lot and talk to Fran And she is so patient with my questions and she, spiritual directors are like, like Emily P. Freeman, like they're, they Mm -hmm. know exactly the question to ask to make you like to unlock everything. And that was so helpful for me as someone who obvious, who like feels things that, that I don't know how I feel. She is able to help me like really figure that out. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, sure, I'm, right. yes. I'm definitely looking, I'm looking that up. Yes. Do um, before I let you go, I have two more questions, but we can't, I can't let you go without talking about your benedictions. Holy moly. You write the most beautiful benedictions at the end of with all the faith adjacent, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. that the, those are the episodes mm-hmm. um, where you'd very much like reveal God in the details of, you know, breakfast foods or Hamilton or whatever it is. How did you start? How did you start writing those? Well, you know, my friend, JC uh, Verdicchio, she has a newsletter and it's wonderful. She's such an excellent writer, but, uh, and she would do these benedictions and I always thought, and then I follow liturgies for parents and I love liturgy. Uh Um, I need communal assistance when praying because again, I go back to that. Like I feel things, but I don't know what they are. Uh And so I love being one. Give me the word. Yes. And I'm Anglican. So like, that is a very, like, we are all praying the same prayers that they have been praying since, you know, like Thomas Cramner, you know, in the 1500s. So, which I love. And I love this idea of like this cloud of witnesses that have been saying like the same kind of prayers for 
you know, hundreds of years. I really love that. So, um, that was really helpful for me. And I, as we were starting to put together the faith adjacents, I said, I was like, I really want to end this on like a, a, a moment where these two things can really come together. And, um, I, wrote the first, the first episode of Faith Adjacent is on Hamilton. And so I wrote that one. And, um, was that your first one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. And then I had done like, like for my newsletter, I had done like a first day of school liturgy and um, yeah. that kind of a thing. And, Cause I just, I really like that black liturgies is so good. And I just yep, follow them. a lot of comfort in this idea of like us all praying communally together. And yeah. so, um, that's just kind of how that got started. So you really just started them. Okay. You're so good at it. I was like, Erin must've been doing this for years. And then she just like brought it to, no, do you have a favorite one? Um, from the episodes. Yeah. Or any of your favorite benedictions oh, that you, or liturgies or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the, the extraterrestrial one was fun for me because I put mm-hmm. in all these Easter eggs, which are the names of all the NASA ships. So oh my gosh. Okay. No one found them. And I was nope. like, oh, I'm, so I'm not a science so nerd. Oh, I know. But <laughs> Listen, you uh, do a high school musical one. I will find you will find everyone. The <laughs> one day, one day we'll do faith adjacent yes. high school musical. But, um, I really like, I really love writing them. They're, they're such a, they're just a fun writing exercise to begin with. But then I love, I love the marrying of the two things at the end. That's, I love doing that. So beautiful and the one on purity culture I mean I loved the Hamilton one which you guys all got me onto Hamilton and now I'm obsessed yes but the one on purity culture holy moly I'm like one day I'm gonna print this out and just give it to both of my daughters and it's gonna help us have this beautiful conversation and so thank you I just I love them so much all right well my last question as part of part of the whole turning the gem idea is that I want to change the way that women see themselves And so I want to know what is your favorite thing about yourself? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I think my (laughs) favorite thing about myself is my tenacity. Um, I know like I'm one of those turtles that you Mm -hmm. have to hang upside down because their jaw is so strong on something. Okay. Like I won't (laughs) let stuff go. And, Uh um, I just, I love I love solving problems and I love like helping other people figure things out. And, um, and I really, I really love that about me. I think that is a a good quality that I have. So that's awesome. I'm going to tell you my favorite. Yes. I want to know yours. I want to know what I want, but I want to know what yours is. Okay. Let me tell you my favorite thing about you first and then I'll tell you. Okay. Okay. So I have a baby, I have a baby one and then I have like my real one. Okay. So my baby favorite thing I love about you is that you make up words like face pants and romping on people's ding dongs. And I can't tell you how much joy that brings to me. And then I just like grab your terms and I use them in real life. And then I watch people and it makes me laugh all over again. So, so great. Um, but truly I just love, like I even said at the beginning where I like, I feel like we're old friends and I feel like we're just picking up this conversation but I, unfortunately, and it makes me sad, but I think I'm not special in this because this is, you're so, you're so good at this. And a lot of people on the internet and on social media, especially like culturally, they can relate to other people. Um, but I just think you take it to the next level and you treat people so tenderly and you say what people need to hear, even though they didn't know they needed to hear it. 
and you just make like you're doing the internet right and you just make the internet a better place. So That's really kind. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay. Now tell me your favorite thing about yourself. Okay. Well, I, no one thinks that I'm funnier than I think that I am. So I love that. I love that. Isn't that true for all the funny people? Like we know we're funny. We're just out here being funny guys. Like just don't fight it. Don't fight it. Just lean in, Let it (laughs) lean in. But yeah, that's That's that. All right. Well, where can people find you? I am on the, uh, internet, e old internet at I'm on Instagram at Aaron H moon. I'm a I'm active on Instagram. I'm a lurker on Twitter. I love a Twitter lurk. Um, and then I have a newsletter, um, the swipe up and, uh, you can get it at my website, which is AaronHMoon.com. soon to undergo a renovation will be sparkly and shiny very soon. <gasps> but is that your secret project? I know you have a secret project upcoming. <laughs> No. And I can tell you my secret project. Um, my secret project is that I'm doing uh, a course and right now we are in, I'm in like a beta testing, uh, group with it. And it's basically this kind of way to ask the questions that you need to ask yourself when you are disentangling your faith. Oh, I love that so much. Okay. Well, I will make sure to share that when it comes out so people can that. join. Thank you. If they want to, thank you so much for your time. Ah, You're such a treasure. Pleasure. Such a joy. <laughs> so much fun. It's just confirm confirmation that we are we would be real life friends if we knew each other in real Meant life. to be. <laughs> for sure. Awesome. Thank you. Well guys, we will see you next time. Bye. So Vinny, what did you think? Did you ever think that you would be in a room where two best friends were talking about God? And Zach Efron. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know that that was on, you know, like my bucket list or, <laughs> you know, like, or if it was like something I was like, you know what, at some point in my life, like, this, you know, you're like, I'm going to graduate from school. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to maybe start a family, like all these life goals. But I never, that was maybe one that I didn't know I had, but now <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I think I did have this as a goal. <laughs> well, listen, Aaron and I, man, we're going to find God and Zach Efron all over the place. So <laughs> you ever need to check that off your bucket list again. You just, you yeah, just maybe Zach Efron will listen to this episode. If you guys oh, are listening, for sure. If you for guys sure. are listening, you need to send this to Zach Efron. Okay. So take a clip, take a clip of the segment and, and definitely send it to him. And, and, um, I think, you know, maybe he could be on turning the gem sessions in the future. Oh, for sure. Aaron and I are already planning a meetup when she comes to North Carolina in the fall. With so Zach, Zach Efron? Join us. It will be so great. <laughs> Let's do it. Awesome. Well, Hey guys, I, um, appreciate you for being here. I know Kristen does as well. Thanks for listening. Uh, if, if you enjoyed this, Please share it with somebody like we jokingly say with Zach Efron, but yeah, why not? And then also share it <laughs> with the not? people in your life and, um, you know, tag us on social media, check out Kristen has a, a blog page. So Kristen, you want to tell them where can they find you on your blog and on social media and all that? Yeah, definitely. The blog is just turning the You can also do the Google for tuning, turning the gem and it will probably pop up. And on social media, I am at Kristen Mockler Young. I think you can also look for turning the gem there and find me as well. Awesome. Well, thanks, Kristen. Great job. Looking forward to the next one. That's right. See you next week. (laughs) See you guys. Bye.